0: The first rule is don't have other people sell your product. Actually talk with your prospect. A lot of people, when they build their small organization, they have a product running. And they're like, oh, I'm going to hire a salesperson. Why? Why? And they get, oh, I've got this advice that I should get someone to help. No, sell your own product.
1: Hey, listeners of the podcast, we've put together an exciting community where you can dive deeper into the content of every single episode. And for those of you who join this community from the podcast, we'll give you an access to a course we've just put together worth $500, all yours for free, while we're sending this out to our listeners of the podcast. Simply go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash podcast to be eligible to get this course for free. And we look forward to seeing you in the community. Thanks again for listening. And now, Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the selling with love podcast. Super excited to be here. We're going to have a conversation that may be intimidating for some of you who might be at the beginning stages of your business, but I'm super excited to have an expert who's going to talk to us about getting our first 100 clients, customers, and how to scale beyond. Yes. A hundred. We're going to think big and we're going to apply the tools, the practices, the tactics and the strategies to think this way to help you break through the initial barriers when you start the business and realize that you can achieve incredible things when you change your vision in the process. And the man that is going to share with us today is Adir Ben Yahuda, who is the vice president of sales and founding member of a company called Walnut. SaaS company that allows sales teams to do better product demos. He was a salesperson who took it from zero clients and zero revenue to get this, over 200 enterprise clients in under two years, and a go-to-market team that was less than 30 people. This company's now got over $56 million in funding, and their clients include a lot of exciting startups, but also the giants such as Adobe and Dell. He's taken senior sales roles at companies like FireDome and Appster, and Adir helped grow these organizations to 1 million in revenues in just a few years. Man has 15 years experience and has been leading go-to-market teams since 2013. He's here to share us a thing or two or three. Adir, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here.
0: It's great to be here, Jason, and kudos about spelling my
1: name correctly. That was a hard test. You know, (laughs) I'm a French Canadian, so I can actually hit a lot of different tones, accent. It's something I think is actually underappreciated when you know more than one language is you can have like diversity of how to speak others with proper pronunciation. So I will take it and I appreciate you acknowledging that. We set a big goal here. We're talking about a hundred clients and customers. And for some, that might seem almost impossible. That might seem intimidating. Seems like it's a big step to start. But we're going to get to this in a minute. You have a particular skill set. You've been doing this and getting companies to grow really fast. How did you even get started with this skill set?
0: So that's a great question. I think there are a few things. To get this together right. The first thing, and that's the most important thing, is the ability to have stigma. You know, I served three years in the IDF. One thing I've learned is I never give up, and that's one thing.
1: What is the IDF? Sorry, yeah.
0: So the IDF is the Israeli Defense Forces, right? It's the Israeli army. I spent three years as part of the Israeli army. And one of the things like, that built me and helped me get to the level of focus that I am is never give up, right? A lot of cinema and a lot of conviction in your goals and what you need to get, right? So the fact that you go ahead and get a lot of turndowns, because that's effectively what happened, right? It's not a Cinderella story. You talk with someone and he's like, nope, And the other person is like, yeah, not this time, right? And you keep going time and time again until you figure out the pattern and then the ability to, and that's the other skill, to replicate. Identify the first pattern of yeses. And once you identify this pattern, you start replicating it and going back and forth and don't tweak words, stay with the same words. That's the main thing that helped me grow a lot of organizations and a lot of companies and kind of helped me also grow sales team and replicate this across the sales team.
1: So if I understand this correctly, whatever person is going to go and do sales in the way that you've done, whether it's for their own company or as somebody dedicated in sales and go to market teams within a company, tough skin is required. And as such, I feel like you need to give a warning for people who are going to go on this task to get 100 clients or customers and scale beyond. When we're talking about having this tough skin, I know you've refined yours by even having the military service and building the proper habits. Are there any other things we should be looking for or we should maybe filter out as qualities we need, things we need to pay attention to, and again, some of the rejections we're going to face?
0: Yeah, I think just a point before, right? When I look at the BDRs, business development representative or sales development representative, in my opinion, that's the best skill that someone who's building a business should have, right? It's so hard. It's effectively talking to a wall an entire day, hoping it would answer and say, hey, do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy it? And when it finally answers, it says, no, you're the happiest man on, on earth, right? You're like, yes, I got an answer. It's a no, but I got an answer. So that's one of the key things that people should have, right, this ability to actually go and be their own sales development representative for a business. The other part is don't be stubborn. Please don't be stubborn, be agile. Say something until you get the first yes or couple of yeses or three yeses. Be agile, tweak words. Don't come with the conviction about your product. Don't come with the conviction about your sales strategy and like, oh no, that's what's gonna work. Be agile, tweak a little words, tweak the pitch, start the pitch from different places. And once you'll get to that point, then you'll have the ability to actually grow a little bit more.
1: You know, I like this idea that you need to go out and be your own sales development representative and you need to kind of get that repetition talking to that wall. I was even comparing, I was talking to some of my students and I find it's very interesting for people that have gotten good grades throughout their life, like that have been A plus students. You're used to getting like 80, 90, 95% grades on the homework, the reports and the presentation and the exams. And then you get into sales and it's like, hey, if you get a 10, 20%, you're golden. And that whole aspect is so mind-blowing for some people that are used to succeeding with a high percentage. Do you feel this is one of the reasons we have such a block around going out there and selling effectively? hundred percent,
0: right? I think, and, and it kind of ties down to the way you build a company, right? And the way you build your first client base, not even a hundred, the first few ones, right? You think everything is going to be perfect. And you go ahead and you build everything and you work it overnight and you say this is it and you call your spouse and you're like here this is the masterpiece everyone is gonna like it right everyone is gonna love this and then you go out to the market and people are like eh, okay and then you're like wait 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 wait! i worked on this so many nights i've did my market research and i did all the right things and you know i've listened to all jason's tips and all of his podcasts and that's what i'm gonna do right now And I'm getting a meh, and a no, and a maybe, and not now. And the expectation of getting a yes from the first moment the rubber meets the road is wrong, is faulty. You can't be a perfectionist when it comes to sales, at least at the beginning when you build your go-to-market. Your go-to-market needs to be agile. It needs to deal with rejection. It needs to get this friction in order to get the scale, right? One of my favorite things that I love to tell my sales reps and the people on my team, friction creates heat. Friction is not a bad thing. When you get friction, when you get the nose, when you get like the rejection, you actually can grow and it creates more heat. And that's one of the greatest things I love about this occupation, right? And that ties down to the first thing I said, that's the cinema. That's making sure that you have a tough skin that you can go
1: ahead and understand what your client needs really with facing the rejection. I love it. And I love your enthusiasm and passion when you speak about it. But I also feel like digging a little deeper because it sounds like this is a story that's close to your heart. And I'd love to know if there's a story of a certain product or an initiative that you had where this exactly happened and how were you able to actually get it back on track.
0: Yeah, I think the main thing for me, you mentioned a few companies there in my careers. All of those companies were zero in revenue. They had an idea that might work, might, wouldn't work. Right. And effectively the challenge that I had, and that's, it is very close to my heart. Right. You can feel the scars, but (laughs) the the challenges that I had all the time is like the CEO came in he's like, yes, dear, let's build this. I want to build a go-to market. And then after the first week he's like, why aren't we selling in a million dollars already? I'm like, well many reasons, you know, let me think about a few that will convince you. So this is it. And when I remember about a company, I won't disclose the name of this company, but the CEO came back time and time again and kept telling me, we're selling to the wrong people. That was the first thing. I'm like, well, what do you mean? That's our ICP. That's what we talked about. That's the solution. Okay. Yeah. So ICP.
1: I'm sorry. What is an ICP?
0: I explained it not with the acronym, right? But the ICP is effectively the right clients, the right companies, and the right people you should sell within to a client, it will yield the highest conversion rate for you, right? So that's, I think the best way to explain it. But I think at the end of the day, when I started building this organization, one of the things that I've realized, one of the things that I found is that I need to be more agile and have more stigma, right? I couldn't hear just a no and go to my CEO and my CEO said, you're selling to the wrong people, the product, is great but you shouldn't do that and effectively what i've started doing is i've changed the product from my sales pitch right i didn't wait for a product because i understood the ceo doesn't want to change the product he has convention the things that i had to do as a sales leader is be more agile have more cinema don't give up in terms of the pressure that i've gotten and effectively change the product in my pitch not saying things the product doesn't do but change the emphasis of the parts of the product right and started doing a large a b testing it was like i like to joke about it until this day it was a to z testing i've tried everything on the book until we finally hit gold right and we did it night over night with a lot of white nights haven't slept and at the end of the day we were able to strike gold and that's one of the things and those was one of the products that my back was actually against the wall i felt I couldn't really sell it. I felt the market is not ready. There isn't a more uh, product market fit yet for this product, right? Heck, there wasn't even a problem validation fit with the product. It was very early on. The CEO was amazing in raising money, so we had money in the company. And I think for everyone, when you see something, when you have a conviction about the product that you invented, you've manifested, one of the main things for you to understand is that the go-to-market approach is different. Is different from what you've manifested. The problem that you resolve might be the same problem, but the way you want to pitch it, the way you want to sell it should be different.
1: I just want to point out that, you know, there's one thing that I often hear. I don't like it, but apparently it's the reality of things is that people don't go into a career in sales. They end up in a career in sales as their last option. And I feel like you're not one of those people. It seems like you have a passion for sales and you absolutely love it. And I'm just trying to understand where did that passion come from? What was your first taste of sales that makes it so that you're so lit up when you speak about sales? And I love it.
0: I think, first of all,
1: why not? Getting a yes
0: from another human being by using your own words and actually having them pay or move things, it couldn't get any better. I'm sorry, I don't know. It's like, think about it, right? Think about the power that you have my wife, she's a therapist and she's like, I'm talking with people a lot and I'm making them do a lot of changes. I'm like, yes, but can you get her credit card? That's another question, right? <laughs> That's even harder, right? So this is one of the things that I'm very passionate about, but I've started my career, right? I've built myself up in my career and I started my career in a very basic role that was working for essentially the equivalent of Verizon or an, a cellular mobile company in Israel, and one of the things that I was very passionate about, I was talking with people and I found that in very specific change of words, like if I use love instead of like, if I use specific positioning of words, I can move people from buying one product to five products. And I can move people from doing one actions to do five actions. And then when it hit me that I really love doing this. I really enjoy doing this, right? And I would say we have over almost 40 people in our go-to-market team at Walnut today. I still, every night, and you can change my logs, I'm happy to share it, I do outbound. Every single night, I would do cold outreach on emails, I will do cold outreach on LinkedIn. I would still do this. It keeps me sharp, it helps me build
1: my go-to-market better, and that's part of the passion that I have. All right. This is fantastic. I'm loving this so far. And I wanted to go back into our core here. So we're talking about getting a hundred clients, a hundred customers from the story you've shared so far. I have no doubts that you can do it. If someone wants to go out and do it, where do we get started? Like, isn't this a big goal? Like, shouldn't we be just starting with one customer? You should always start with a hundred. If you start with one, you'll end up with
0: 0.5, right? (laughs) That's just the funnel approach. (laughs) Heck, I would say start with a thousand. So we'll make sure that we'll follow the funnel, but I think There are many things and there are many ways to approach it. The first rule is don't have other people sell your product. Actually talk with your prospect. A lot of people, when they build their small organization, they have a product running. They're like, oh, I'm going to hire a salesperson. Why? Why? And they get, oh, I've got this advice that I should get someone to help. No, sell your own product. One of the things, I'm one of the founding members at Walnut. I've worked closely with our CEO, Yoav, every single day. Every sales call that I had, I gave him all the information. We learned together how the market performs, how the market reacts to different things. That's the first part. The second part is don't think about, and I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs. I talk with a lot of go-to-market leaders And one thing I keep hearing a lot is like, oh, we need to think about our unit economics. Oh, we need to think about, you know, how the board is going to look at this. We need to think about our COGS. We need to think about our CAC, all those great stuff. And I'm like, no one cares. It doesn't matter at this point. What you need to do right now is charge. You need to find hacks and you need to make sure that even if your revenue or your profit from a specific deal is zero, all it matters is you have your clients and you get your client base, right? And one of the things we've done at Walnut, and I'm more than happy to share it, is we find all kinds of hacks. We realize we're a new industry. What Walnut is effectively doing is we help sales organizations essentially change the way they're demoing, right? It's a whole new perception. We come to sales later and we tell them, you see what you do here in your sales cycle? It's wrong. You can do it better with Walnut. It takes a lot of conviction to do it. And it takes a lot of steps from their end. So what we did, we realized it's very hard for them to make this leap of faith, even very early on in the beginning of the chasm. Right. It takes them to do a lot of things. And we came in and we said, well, you know, sign a yearly contract, with us. be our client, but you'll have an opt out after three months no charge if you don't like the product, right? We got a client in for a yearly contract ticket opt out. That's the first thing we've done. We didn't want to go to a place of like, oh, let's charge you on a monthly basis because monthly base has the same commitment as like opting out any other time. Let's get married for a year and figure out in the middle if it doesn't work out, right? That's one of the first hacks that we did which helped us a lot growing the business. The other part we did is we didn't care. We didn't thought about our unit economics. We didn't care about, hey, is a user, a specific user is gonna worth more money in the future because we didn't thought about the future until you don't have this amount of clients and you don't have everything ramped up. That's the other part that we did. And we started saying, oh, you wanna buy this for five grand? Cool. You wanna buy this for 10 grand? Also awesome. And we saw as we developed, and that's the brutal honesty, right? as we develop the product more and we developed our skills and our positioning, we're able to get this annual contract value higher. You see, I didn't make the mistake of ACV and effectively kind of stabilize the business until we reach those first hundred clients. So that's from just the perspective side, just be unbound, get all the red tapes out of the door and make sure that you hustle to do those kind of things.
1: Now, this sounds really fun and exciting. And I just wanted to hear from your perspective. When you talk about sales, a lot of times when you're looking at like online sales, and I know you're in the SaaS business, I believe it labels itself as a SaaS business. The world of marketing, the world of sales, do you see them together, different? What would be your perspective on that? Just so we can wrap our head around it.
0: One of the things that are very, very important. Yes, they are together. I think the experience that people are getting before they actually talk with the salesperson should be, like the same experience that the seller gives them after when they start talk with them, it's critical. You need to have the same look and feel, right? If you go on a call, you went, uh, you go on walnut.io, you see our website. It's very fun, it's very edgy. When you go on a call with our SDR or with our account executive, you'll get the same experience. SDR, sales development representative. Yes. When you go on a call with this person, you'll get the same experience. You'll get people that are not gonna sit with you with a closed camera, closed microphone. They get people that will joke with you and have fun with you. So you get the same experience. That's the first part. I think the marketing side of things as well. Marketing, we fed a lot marketing at the beginning. When I talked with a prospect, we said, well, prospect don't like this. Let's change this on the website. Prospect don't like that. Let's do this. Let's put more emphasis on those kind of things. And we still do this as an organization, right? We understand the trends on the deals that we have closed one in order to feed the rest of the machine later and that's a key part from getting you have one client you have two clients you have three clients you analyze what made them successful why they decided to go forward with you and then you go back to marketing and tell marketing this client closed with us because that's what he liked and that's client, and that's a pattern that we have let's start emphasizing those kind of things
1: i like it so i'm going to drill into a bit of the nitty-gritty here because What you're saying, I'm hearing, have a lot of conversations, be very close to the prospects, listen to them, try to understand them. You'll realize that you're gonna maybe need to adjust, stay agile, those are all things I've heard from you. If I'm going out there and let's say I have a product, I'm ready to go to market, I wanna bring it out in front of people, I want to understand like you're having these initial conversations do you have any inspiration or more learnings or words of advice of how do you even start that first conversation is it something you picked up in a book something that is a standard script or what would be the first ways to initiate those conversations if you're even hearing this and going like oh my god what do i even say when i get started yeah
0: there are so many ways i could answer this question but i want to start with the first thing
1: you mentioned something
0: before about people ending up in in sales and not building this as part of their career. So the first thing I would tell people, and that's something I firmly believe in, go to sales and sell something you actually care about. I care about sales. Do this, right? I used to sell cybersecurity, it was great, it was fun. I wasn't passionate about it. And it's easier for you to start conversation when you actually have conviction and you have passion about a topic. So that's the first part. I'm not going to go to the obvious things and like, Oh, ask open-ended questions, right? This is like the basic things. That's one-on-one. But I think the other part of things is actually, and especially when it comes to small businesses, especially when it comes to your first client, share what was your vision, share why you are doing what you are doing, what your product is doing and find the common ground. The first hundred clients that we have a lot of the conversation up to date, we're telling people, why we're doing Walnut, why Walnut is there. And we're trying to understand if there is a fit in their hand to make this leap of faith, especially in your first hundred clients to say, you know something, sir, I'm buying into your vision and I agree with it. And I want to do that. Like, here's my credit card. Let's do this. Right. That's a lot of the things that we definitely identified at the beginning. Actually talk about, be real. Don't think about a sale. Don't think, Hey, I'm going to sell this person. Think about hey, I have a vision, I want to convey this vision, and I want to see if the person on the other side is going to actually buy into my vision.
1: I think that's a very solid piece of advice. I'm listening to this and I'm just like, wow, yeah, that is exactly how you should initiate that conversation because then when people buy into your vision, these are going to be your loyal fan, those first 100, right? And I do want to kind of dig a bit more about what you said. It's almost like make the sale happen, take away any friction point, reverse the risk if necessary, but not necessarily give it out for free. Like, I think I picked that up in what you were saying. So you were modifying the prices based on the client. So like, is there any kind of rule of thumb? It's like we need to just make a $1 transaction. Like what would be some of the frameworks? And I know this depends on industry, but what's your ethos around making those sales happen? Is it quote unquote, no matter what? It's, Always charge money
0: for your product, period. If someone tells you, I'll be a reference client, give it for free telling, no, thank you. You're not gonna be a good reference client if you're not gonna pay for this, period, okay? I wanna make sure that that's table stakes, right? I wanna make sure that's obvious. But to the other part, yes, make the sale no matter what. Make sure you charge money, make sure you have a common sense of like your product worth, right? It should be agile but it should be anywhere between a few thousand to a few tens of thousands. Again, depends on the industry. Don't do something like for a few hundred bucks, but make sure that you charge an amount that can help you drive the sale. That's the first part. The second part is in terms of making the sales happen, is lawyers. Oftentimes at the beginning we had like, oh, we're gonna build you like an MSA or we're gonna give you a huge contract, right? What's an MSA? Master service agreement, right? The agreement that you sign with your prospect. Oftentimes, when you go to lawyers, they're going to give you like five or six or seven pages in order to do this, right? And especially when you're a younger company signing with a more established company, it's not going to work. And that puts sticks in the wheels of getting things done. So another point that we've done in terms of the realm of like make the sale happen at any cost, our contract up to date is one page. It's only one page. We have reference to our terms and conditions, but it's like on the website, so no one argues with that. And it's one page and that's all you need. You need to think about how you can remove friction very early on, but make sure that you keep your product respect, meaning charge money, make sure that you're covered on the legal side to an extent, right? It doesn't need to be with like a law firm that charges by the hour and then they have to drive like five or six or seven pages for your contract. And then the other part of things make sure that the prospect on that side knows that you know something this is great i usually charge more money i'm going to give you a discount but can you help me out if you like the product can you be a reference call can you be on my website right think about also the next sale after and that's a lot of things we were doing right now and we've done at the beginning we had a lot of clients and you said it yourself right we had a lot of fans of the product because they had conviction and the vision that we have and then you're like, This actually works. Wow, okay. Like I'll be more than happy to talk with people.
1: Adir, I love your energy. I love this conversation. I love everything we talked about. I'm so glad you were able to share this with everyone here. And, you know, we're going out there and going with a big vision and saying, hey, go for 100 clients. So you start thinking bigger. You don't feel the hesitancy of saying, oh, I just want to get one. That's going to make you get one point, no, point 0.5, which I thought was a great analogy. It's almost like you got to shoot for the stars so you can end up at the moon. And I think when you go out with a 100 customer target, You get less caught up on trying to absolutely close that one client. And you realize I'm out here building a real business. It really changes the energy of how you show up to go to market. And I think that's a big thing people should keep in mind that you're not going out there to get one client this quarter, you want to get hundreds. And if you go with that kind of energy, you make different decisions, bigger decisions, and it aligns a lot more things when it comes to raising money, bringing a team together and making sales happen with the fact that you now have a bigger vision than ever, and that is what people are going to buy in at the first time. I love that you're talking about how we need to have that tough skin. No, you don't need to go into the military, although that kind of foundation will definitely help. But Understand that you're going into a sport where losing is still winning your percentage of your grades are going to be low But there's still going to be great success and what I really like from what Adir said is Sometimes getting the no is just as big as a win as getting a yes because you want to keep agile you want to keep changing Assumptions will be the killers and sometimes when you think you have everything perfect You'll have a few conversations and realize you might have this completely wrong and so this beautiful world of sales is bringing tons of flexibility, tons of energy, lots of conversation, lots of fun, lots of profit, but of course, lots of challenges too. And it's an exciting field. And I love what's being shared here for what they've done at Walnut at previous companies too. Adir, you are a fantastic gentleman, which means I need to ask you one final question, which I love asking all my guests, which is what does selling with love mean to you?
0: I thought I talked about it the entire time, right? I think that's essentially, it's a tough question. I think it's actually showing the value that you give your clients after the sale has been done, right? And that's one of the main things for me is actually moving the needle from a prospect to a client, but actually show how the clients are getting value out of the premises and the conversation you had with them very early on, right? You know that feeling when sometimes it's like you talk with a prospect that you know actually needs it and he doesn't want to buy, and you're like, God, you actually need this. I know you. I can help you the feeling of like having the sale and seeing the client after getting this and getting the value, that's what it's all about for me.
1: Amen, brother. That is amazing. I love your energy again. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with my lovely audience. For all of you listening, you've been briefed on some of the energy you need, strategies you can use, and you can discover more from Walnut. We'll put a link in the show notes for you who wants to see this sales demonstration software. And I'll also put a link towards Adir's LinkedIn profile so you can connect with him. Send him a connection, add a note, tell him that you heard him on this podcast and send him some love, all of his wisdom. It's amazing to hear. Thank you so much for sharing. And everybody, keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love Podcast.